Hey everyone, I'm Cal and welcome to the Intentional Leader Podcast. No matter how you are coming to this show, I hope you leave inspired and with some practical tools to help you lead yourself more effectively and to help you have a higher impact as a leader. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's go make it count. Well, hey everyone, it's Cal and welcome to episode 95 of the Intentional Leader Podcast. Today, it's just going to be me and you hanging out. Today's going to be a shorter action-packed episode that I hope will give you practical tools that you can go and apply right away to your life and to your leadership. We're going to do this every few months. I'm going to hop on here maybe with me and a teammate and just give you a shorter, less than 20-minute episode that I hope will be really helpful for your leadership. Today, I'm going to talk about how you can be a leader that's not about you. How can you be a leader that's not about you? And the reality is that most of us I would say all of us are selfish people. We wake up in the morning, we're all about us. We have a baby right now, a six month old baby, lovely little dude, but he's all about himself. We as humans are all about us. So as leaders, how do we actually become people who are not about us? It's really hard actually. Even if we are the type of leaders who talk about servant leadership, even if we talk about empowerment, even if we've been in leadership for a long time, we still wake up in the morning thinking about ourselves. And so we have to figure out a way to get out of our own heads and out of our own self-absorption to be leaders who actually are others oriented. So, so today I want to give you just three keys, I think, that help us, you and me, become leaders who are not about us. And I'll tell you up front, full disclosure, it's not a magic pill. It's not like you apply these little three things and all of a sudden you're not about you. It's a daily, I think, renewing of your view of leadership. And so let's start there. That's number one. We have to have a strong foundation and we have to have proper motives. So number one, we have to get our motives right. Patrick Lencioni talked about this in his book, The Motive. There are two types of leaders. One is a reward-centered leader. This is the type of leader that's all about the rewards. They're all about the promotion, the parking spot, the perks of leadership. We've all seen leaders like this. And if we're honest, we've probably all wanted certain leadership positions because of the perks. Sometimes leadership can come with some perks. It comes with sometimes increased pay. It can come with increased opportunities. It can, some leaders can just push all the work down on their team and not do anything and live the good life, go to the beach. So it, we have to check our motives and, and ask yourself right now, when you think about being a leader, are you thinking more about the perks of the role? Or let's talk about the second type. Are you a responsibility centered leader? When you think about leader, are you someone who thinks about the heavy weight of being a leader. He defines this as the belief that being a leader is a responsibility and that the experience of leading should be difficult and challenging, though certainly not without elements of personal gratification. So you can see how if we don't get our motives right, we don't have proper expectations. If we're expecting leadership to be all about rewards and then we get into leadership and it's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is hard. And then we're gonna be bad leaders. We're gonna be all about us. We're gonna be frustrated. Our, our expectations aren't met. Or contrast that, if we're responsibility-centered leaders and we know it's gonna be hard, we expect it to be difficult, then we're gonna be others-focused. We're not gonna be so uh, frustrated when we're not getting the perks 
um, leadership. And, you know, the, we would like to think that our motives don't matter, but they do. I love the book, Leadership and Self-Deception. It's by the Harbinger Institute. If you haven't read it, highly recommend it. And in that book, he talks about this leader who gave a piece of feedback. And the feedback was received in a positive way by the subordinate or by the team member because the motives of the leader were pure. And that's the reality. Our motives, they, sh they show through. One of my former guests on the podcast, Dr. Tim Elmore, he talked about a time where his, his leader at the time, John Maxwell, the great author, John Maxwell, sat him down and gave him feedback, told him some things he was doing well, and then told him some things that he wasn't doing so well. One of the things specifically that John told Tim was that he needed to work on his off-stage charisma. He was really great on stage. He killed it when he got up and spoke. But after the lights went off and he was off stage and talking to the people that were at the event, his charisma was low. And so John sat down with him and he communicated very clearly, hey, these are some things you're doing well, and this is an area that you can improve. And as Dr. Tim Elmore, who now writes tons of books, talked about that the thing that he loved about that is that he was communicating both high expectations and high belief, but more so than that, he knew that John cared for him. Now, if, if John was someone who was a reward-centered leader and was sitting down with him and telling him that, that would have been received totally different. So as leaders, we have to constantly question our motives, check our motives, and recenter and renew our motives to make sure that our foundation for leadership is right, that we have the right, every, when we wake up in the morning, I'm going in not to get rewards today, I'm going in to lead my team, lead my family, because it's a responsibility, it's a privilege, I get to lead this team, I get to lead my family. So that's number one, make sure our motives are right. And the second way to become a leader who's not about you is to get really good at receiving feedback. When you and I see a leader who gives a lot of feedback but isn't actually open to feedback, what does that communicate? It communicates that they're all about them. They're all about the rewards of leadership. They're not actually there to get better because getting better would then mean the team gets better. They're there to just give you feedback but not actually receive it. I love the book, Thanks for the Feedback. It's by uh, Sheila Keen and Douglas Sohn. And it highlights how a lot of the feedback that we get throughout a given day is just poorly delivered feedback. But if we really take a moment to kind of sift through and filter the feedback, it can be really helpful. And Gino Wickman, who I interviewed on the podcast in his book, Entrepreneurial Leap, he has this great quote. He says, if I went out and read the top 100 business books and applied all of that advice to my business, I'd be out of business in the first 90 days. And his point is that, we get a lot of these inputs, but we have to have a good way of filtering it. And so I think of this kind of as a two-step process. One, the feedback comes in. Maybe it's your boss upset about something that you didn't meet. You didn't meet expectations. Or maybe it's your spouse communicating frustration about something that you did or didn't do. That's a critical moment. If it, it may not be delivered well, but if we get defensive, if we get upset, then we're not going to actually receive the feedback. We're going to immediately push it away or we're going to blame 
And so one is just literally saying, hey, feedback's coming in. I'm not going to get defensive. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to get upset. There's something that I can mine for in this to to, to get helpful feedback. And then that's the second thing we do is we, we filter it. Okay. So first we don't get defensive, we receive it. And then second, we filter it. Filtering feedback involves comparing the feedback to your core values, to the vision that you have for your life and comparing it to those truth tellers that you have in your life. So if you have clear values and this piece of feedback is, is showing that there's somewhere that you're not aligned with your core values, then you know, hey, this is something I need to take to heart. I need to think about this and I need to apply it. If you ask people, the, the truth tellers in your life, the people that are for you, the people that are willing to be honest with you, they're not about them, they're about you. They really want to see you succeed. And you take that piece of feedback and you compare it to something that these truth tellers are telling you, then you know, hey, this is something that I need to take to heart. And so that's the two-step process for one, not getting defensive, and two, filtering. And so I think as leaders, if you want to be a leader that's not about you, and I just would ask you to think about this as you're going throughout your week, as you're going throughout your weekend, as you're interacting with your spouse or your family, am I someone who communicates to others that I'm open to feedback? And so that's number two. Number, number three is a similar idea, but it's a, it's a way that you can think uh, and maybe become less sensitive about feedback and therefore be a leader that's not about you. And that's what I call focus on the nail and the picture. Focus on the nail and the picture. This came, this came from Dr. Tim Keller. He's a former pastor at Redeemer Church. I'm a huge fan of him. I love his podcast, Gospel and Life. I've listened to many, many episodes in the car as I drive to and from work. And he has this illustration. Imagine two people and they're hanging pictures in a house. One person has a hammer and a nail and the other person is showing them where the picture should go in the house. This is my wife and I. So I am probably the one hanging the picture and my wife is the one telling me very clearly where the picture should go. And so as we're trying to hang the picture, she's pointing left, she's pointing right, she's going down, up, you know, trying to get it in the right place. Now the person who is self-absorbed, and I, I would include myself in that at times, is thinking that they're talking about me and my ability to hang the picture. But the person who's open to feedback is focused on the picture because that's really what the person's all about. It's, it has nothing to do with the person hanging the picture. It has everything to do with the placement of the picture to make the house look as good as it can possibly look, to make the picture look as uniform to the other pictures and the other decorations in the house as it could possibly look. And so whenever you're getting feedback, remember it's not necessarily about you, it's about the organization. It's not about you, it's about making your family better or your team better or your organization better. So if we kind of get less focused on ourselves and we focus on the picture and the nail, it allows us to be more receptive to feedback. So that's what I do whenever I, or I try to do. Whenever feedback is coming in, I know that maybe it's not the best delivered feedback. That's okay. I'm not going to get defensive. And then second, I'm going to filter it, but I'm also going to, it helps me not get defensive in that first step to know that it's about the nail in the picture, that we're trying to make the organization better. We're trying to make the family better. We're trying to make the thing better. And it's not all about me. So those are the three things I want to encourage you with today. Examine your motives. Are you a reward-centered leader or a responsibility-centered leader? Are you someone who's open to feedback? 
Remember that a lot of the feedback that we get that can be really helpful is gonna be poorly delivered. So we have to figure out a way not to be defensive and we have to filter the feedback to whether it aligns with our values, whether it aligns with our vision for our life, whether it's consistent with what we're hearing from our truth tellers in our life, the people that are for us and are willing to be honest with us. And remember, if you're prone to get defensive like I am or prone to kind of shut off when people start giving you feedback because it, it, you get so focused on yourself, remember, it's not about you. It's about the picture. It's about the nail. It's about getting the organization the best place it can possibly be to make the organization better, to make the family better, to make the team better. This is the kind of stuff that we are so fired up about here at Intentional Leader. We're all about self-leadership. This is all about leading ourselves. So much of what we talked about today, certainly it has impacts on your team and your family and your organizations, but it's all about helping you become a better leader because everything flows out of that. As you get better, the team gets better. As you get better, your family gets better. As you get better, your organization gets better. So thank you for spending a little bit of time with me today. I hope this was helpful. I hope it's something you can go and apply right away this weekend or this week as you're going about uh, your time with your family, your organization. I appreciate you. Thank you. Let me know what you think. If you like this, if you want more of this, uh, let me know if there's other topics that you'd like us to address here at Intentional Leader. I want to encourage you to go, make it a great day, make it a great weekend. For those of us in the United States reflecting this weekend, if you're listening to this in real time on September 11th and those tragic events that happened and everything that happened after that, especially if you're someone who was directly impacted by that, uh, thinking about you, my heart goes out to you and your family. Thank you again for joining us. Remember that life is short, so let's go make it count.